Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, I'm Tanner Olson, and this is episode nine of Walk a Little Slower, a podcast where I share a little hope, a little love, and a little bit of what I've been learning. This is a podcast where you are invited to slow down, to lean in, to hold fast, and to eventually keep going. Today, we're talking about inspiration. Before we get into today's episode, I did want to say thank you for listening to this podcast and for sharing it with your friends and your online community. You have no idea how helpful it is when you share it or send it to a friend. It means, well, it means so much to me. And if you haven't left a review yet, please go ahead and do that. Like this review from Apple Podcast. It says, such a good podcast to calm down and recenter when life goes crazy. I really do hope that this podcast is a place where you can where you can calm down, where you can slow down and find a bit of rest. So if you haven't yet left a review, please go ahead and do that. It, it helps. In today's episode, I'll be sharing a few thoughts on inspiration and a poem that I haven't shared anywhere else. It's a poem titled Delicata Squash. And at the very end of the episode, we have a guest poet sharing some of her work. So with that, here is episode nine of Walk a Little Slower. The question I'm often asked is, where do I get inspiration for the things I write? And truthfully, I don't have a brilliant answer. I don't have a formula or five steps to become inspired. I simply have my eyes and ears and hands and heart open. Oh, and coffee. Coffee helps. Coffee always helps, unless you've had too much coffee, and then coffee does not help. Everything in life is a balance. When it comes to creating, this is what I have learned about myself as a writer, and I think that what I have learned goes beyond creating, but is it's more about living. And yes, this is where I get just a little bit artsy, so hold on for a minute. I look for the shadows and how the light meets the darkness. I watched the bare trees begin to turn green and I celebrated its growth in the same way I mourned when it was stripped of its coat. I listen for how your voice changes when you tell a story, for the birds in the early hours of the morning. I hear them chirp and sing how they have made it through the night and into a new day. And I do my best to sing along with them. I open my hands, for I am always ready to receive a story or emotion, just like I am open to sharing a story or emotion. My heart is a Polaroid camera. It captures what I see, and when I am done sitting with the light, I'll show you what I have found. I have learned how to wait and watch and go deeper. I don't just listen to the music, but I read the lyrics. I don't just read the book, but I learn about the writer. I dig, I search, I look for the thing behind the thing behind the thing because there is always something behind the thing that is right in front of us. I've also learned this about myself. 
I need to write. I have friends who need to run or work out or read or go on an adventure, but I need to write with or without inspiration. This is what I need to do. And sometimes inspiration finds me. Other times I tell inspiration to try and catch up to me. Sometimes inspiration hides and I have to go find it. Other times I just put myself in the chair. I close my eyes and pray the words find the screen. So here's the secret. If you want to create something, a song, a poem, write a book, paint, whatever, you have to keep showing up. I'm currently reading Andrew Peterson's book, Adorning the Dark, and he reveals what musician Rich Mullen said about writing and creating. He said, songwriting is like going fishing. Sometimes you sit by the pond all day and never catch a thing. Sometimes you snag something beautiful. The point is, you never know unless you go to the pond and wait. Creating it takes consistency and patience. It also requires you to remember why you are doing what you are doing. So tie your hopes and dreams to consistency and patience as you continue to show up. Because showing up can change everything. I have been told that I feel too much. And it's true. I do. You can't help how you feel or how you were created. And I've always been sensitive. Most days I am moved to tears by something, whether a a TV show or commercial, a song or a story told on a podcast, an unanswered prayer, mine and yours, even a headline or a joke. My emotions, they invite me to spend a lot of time in my head. It's one of the reasons why I write. It's one of the reasons why I have to write. Because writing, it allows me to see what I feel, believe, wonder and think on a piece of paper. And I feel, believe, wonder, and think about many things. Recently, I've been thinking about how I would like to be remembered. And I'm not planning on going anywhere anytime soon, but it's something I've been thinking about. And I don't want to be remembered as a poet or a writer or or a podcaster. I don't want to be remembered for what I have achieved or, (laughs) or for that cinnamon roll tweet. I don't want to be remembered as an Orlando Magic basketball fan or or whatever else I I happen upon in this life. Sure, I'd, I'd love to be remembered as a husband and a friend and son and brother and Lord willing a father. But all in all, I well, I just want to be remembered as someone who was available. How I had my eyes and ears and hands and heart open. And I think when we are available, We can find inspiration, or inspiration can find us. Either way, I'm making my way down to the pond, and I hope you'll join me. Here is a poem called Delicata Squash. I wrote it after eating Delicata Squash for the first time in 2019. I didn't even know it was a thing before this day. We ate it on the roof of an apartment complex in Washington, D.C., It goes like this. Do you remember when things were new? Like sounds and tastes and colors and ideas and foods. I remember the first time I had delicata squash. Have you ever had delicata squash? It tastes like candy. And not like healthy candy, if that's a thing, but like real candy. 
individually wrapped candy that can be found in certain parts of the world and it would not be pulled out of a sweater pocket from an older man at the 1030 church service. It's good. The first time I had delicata squash, I ate it on a rooftop in Washington, D.C. I was 30. The sun was setting and I was alive and living and amazed by squash. The Washington Monument was in the distance, a monument that looks nothing like George Washington. And we ate delicata squash. I ate a whole delicata squash myself. And that's not to brag, that's just how good it is. When I woke up that morning, I had no idea my life was going to be changed by delicata squash. Of all things, squash. There are over a hundred different kinds of squash in the world and I was losing my mind over delicata squash. Who loses their mind over squash? Me. I've lost my mind over things before. Spilt coffee and heinous crimes, traffic and long lines, basically anytime I have to wait for more than two minutes. I've lost it over text messages and cute dogs and cute girls and cute girls with cute dogs like like my wife. Oh, and, and the first time I saw a red panda. Have you ever seen a red panda? They are like the delicata squash of animals. They look like Disney's version of Pokemon. Maybe maybe Disney owns Pokemon. I don't know. I don't know, they own everything. They probably own delicata squash. And that would make sense because every bite of delicata squash tastes like a whole new world, like Hakuna Matana, like I can finally let it go, let it go. But I promise you, you do not want to let delicata squash go. You want to hold on to it like a time when everything was new. Thank you for listening to this episode of Walk a Little Slower. If you have a question or, or a poem that you would like to submit, you can send it to written to speak at gmail.com. And as always, you can find me online at, at written to speak on Instagram or at written to speak.com. And if you would like to support this podcast in my ministry, visit patreon.com slash written to speak to become a patron. Your monthly donation allows me to spread hope and announce love through written and spoken word, just like this podcast. And to close out the podcast today is a, is a poem by Victoria Gaiman. If you'd like to share a poem on the Walk a Little Slower podcast, send me an email at writtentospeak at gmail.com. Here is Victoria. I hope you have a great week. Hi, my name is Victoria Gaiman. I'm an author and social worker currently working at a coffee shop and focusing on my writing. I live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and I recently self-published my first book entitled Slow Your Pace, Hope a Little Longer, a collection of poems. You can find it on Amazon, and you can also follow along with my work on Instagram at Write to Reconnect. Today, I want to read for you one of my poems entitled Even Through the Fear. It goes like this. I just want someone to see my silent and subtle plea. At times, it's more loud and obvious, maybe even obnoxious. These words I cry when I want to die. When I was a kid, no one really listened. No one stopped to ask if I was okay or what was wrong to make me act this way. And now it sort of feels the same when no one seems to see the pain. I don't need your questions. I don't want you to fix it. It wouldn't be possible anyway to make the hurt all go away. The wounds are too deep, the climb too steep. To feel this way again, it fills me up with shame and I can't explain why my efforts are still in vain. I pulled the blanket over my head. I wondered how long it would take for me to be dead. If I just wrapped it a little tighter, normally I'm a fighter, but tonight I don't feel like fighting anymore. I realized I'm struggling breathing. I pulled off the blanket while asking how many would care if I left. I realize I'm sobbing. I feel like I'm drowning. 
What people don't realize through my strong disguise is that just because I made it through before doesn't mean this time I don't need help more. All I need is to know that I am loved and that I won't be betrayed, even if my feelings are too real and this trauma doesn't seem to heal. To know that someone wants me to stay. Maybe tell me you're on your way. Your presence would mean the world. Just come sit with me. Please, someone, help. God, if you are there, why don't I feel you here? You say you heal the brokenhearted, but I feel more like I've been discarded. I know I feel you daily, but I'm trying, really. I struggle to believe. Sometimes I want to just leave. But deep down I still care. But do I dare to ask if you also care? Or will you leave me here? Please, Jesus, help. As I write these last lines, I start to think about the times when there was hope, when I found ways to cope. I realize I've stopped crying. Maybe it helped to stop lying. No longer pretending I'm fine, I'm owning these emotions of mine. The tears have stopped falling. Maybe tomorrow I'll still be living. Maybe I'll remember the good. Maybe I'll remember the times when I could. Maybe I'll see the ways you have redeemed me. Maybe I'll remember the ones who have cared, the memories we've shared, the times when their words made me feel heard. I don't know if I will be okay, but tomorrow is another day, and I will be here, even through the fear.